Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Lovely Travels Podcast. Can I get a big hello to Emma? Hello, hello, how are you? Hello, um, good, good. Um, excited about today's episode. Me too. We are talking all things tourism, um, particularly women in tourism. So obviously I'm a fan, um, being a woman. I'm a fan too just for the record. <laughs> of women who are in tourism. And I guess we probably should, um, you know, it comes up on the podcast on the episode a little bit with our wonderful guest, Holly Galbraith, um, but just like the difference between travel and tourism. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot, on the, a lot of this show we talk about travel and we talk about the experience of travelling and um, the process of travelling and that sort of thing. But tourism is is the, I guess, the business side of, of travel. <laughs> so sure. it's the the marketing of it, the um uh the promotion, the um accessibility of it, the you know, basically how you get to do all the, the travels. Um yep. there has to be a tourism industry behind that. Sure. All the all the wonderful experiences that the travelers have. Um uh, often related to, uh, well, uh, mostly related to the tourism industry. Yeah, and you know, it's something that at the moment, with what's happening in COVID, it's being like it's being revisited, and it will have to keep being revisited as the world continues to change. Um, and there's like a lot of talk about the fact that, yeah, there's, you know, I guess the pro side of it, the uh, positive side of it, is that maybe we can, um, yeah, have a po- has it have a a good impact on tourism and and some of the Mm. things that weren't so good can be revisited, especially environmentally and, you know, um, spread the love because there's definitely places that get a lot of love and some places really could could use some more tourism love and spread it around a bit. I love it. Um, I had a bit of a sticky beak at Holly's websites and and profiles and stuff and she seems like she knows what she's talking about so it's probably a great episode yes i'm just going to read a bit about her because she does have quite the um wonderful history in tourism so holly is a marketing consultant she specializes in social media and digital marketing for tourism food and events and she has been running a successful solo business since 2011 Um, She's worked with brands such as Destination New South Wales, Malaysian Airlines, Australian Macadamias, Australian National Tourist Office, Sample Food Festival and Best Western Hotels, just to name a few. And her key strengths are her ability to keep up with 
the industry and it and lead change. Um, she's got this massive passion for social media and tourism. She's got exceptional people skills and an insatiable curiosity for the world around her. And all of these things I know firsthand. And she's become a sought-after workshop facilitator and speaker. And she is the co-founder of Women in Tourism Australia. And I've heard of that. Yeah, we talk about that quite a bit on the episode. So basically, um, one of the things that I love about Holly is she's just somebody who brings people together. Um, she's a brilliant networker and a massive advocate for the industry, but also for women. And I actually um, shared it on the Lovely Travels account recently that for International Women's Day this year, I went to a lunch in Brisbane hosted mm. by Women in Tourism Australia. And it was Really wonderful um, to be with my peers and, and to hear about what's happening coming up. And, um, yeah, I just I really appreciate her uh, leadership. Yeah, wow. What a, what a fantastic summary. Um, and also fun to note is that um, sort of we do go into how we met, which is quite a fun story, but uh, also <sighs> Holly is um, has her own podcast, not one but two podcasts uh, wow. so i'm actually on one i'll have to share the episode on her original podcast which was the tourism tweet up where she mm -hmm. actually got people together um you know and we went out and and she interviewed us as we went i love that sort of i don't know um style if you will mm. and then she's also got the tourism upgrade uh so two podcasts to look out for and uh yeah, and then, of course, you can hear her right here on ours. Yeah, which is what I suggest everyone starts with because yeah. this is your premier destination for all things podcast. Yes. So, uh, shall we crack on and have a listen to the chat with Holly? I think we should. Enjoy. Welcome today to the podcast, Holly G. <laughs> How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm great, thanks. So um, you are a fellow podcaster and a travel enthusiast and a tourism specialist. So I wanted to have you on the podcast today, but can you tell, I love to always ask the existential question of who are you and how do we know each other? Okay. Yes. So, well, you gave a good introduction there. So, I work in tourism um, is how I earn my money. And, um, but yes, always love travel, which is, I think, one of the reasons why I got into the industry. And um, I am Holly. I live currently in northern New South Wales. I have um, a husband and a two-year-old. That's pretty much me. And we met... Um, well, I used to live in Coogee yes. in, in Sydney and uh, we met, I saw, I was aware of you from social media land and then we ran into each other one day in, yep. a, in a fruit shop and I said, do I know you from somewhere? Oh, it was my first, it was like, I was. you said, I think you're on Instagram and I was like, it was my First and probably only Insta famous. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not an influencer, but it was like it was just not. And I think at the time, I think it was around 2012 ish. Um, yeah, yep, that makes sense. 
it's uh, is it was it that long ago or 2016 i don't know anyway it was around the time where instagram wasn't the way it is now it wasn't it hadn't blown up quite so much there was still like the early days of twitter there was a kind of a community and yeah. like we had tweet ups and that's what we had it was a tweet we then we the next thing was um i came on your tourism tweet up yeah so um when I, I moved to sydney in 2011 and i started my business at the same time which was helping tourism businesses with their social media marketing and um, one of the things I started was a monthly tweet up so it was just a free event that anyone working in the travel or tourism industry could come along to and we just learned we were just all learning at the same time about how do we use Twitter how do we use Facebook how do we use Instagram Google all the things so um yeah it was a great Tourism tweet up went for lots and lots of years and, you know, it started off with about three people and ended up, you know, some events had 100 people. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was a great way to meet people and all learn together. Yeah, I'm remembering now actually. I think it was closer to – I moved back to Sydney in 2014, I think it was around 2015, maybe or 16, but it was an. We went to the opera house, the one I joined. Yeah, uh, I still remember one of the guys I met. Will, he was a, be- a wonderful photographer. He's just gone gangbusters now. And it was Instagram was still in that stage of taking off, and we were talking about the things of like, what's the um, protocol around tagging people, and yeah. what's the protocol around if you're like he was doing some stuff with New Zealand tourism. It was like, how do you tag people? Uh, how do you recognise people? Like that sort of stuff was. Yeah, do you get paid to do this stuff? And so that actual, um, the one at the Opera House, it was a, that was um, about having an Instameet. So how do you run an Instameet? What's the value in an Instameet? How does an Instameet work? And so um, we talked a lot about that, but also was like, okay, well, let's do an Instameet, you know, all meet at this place at this time and we'll go on an Instameet and we did the walk around to the gardens and then Scarborough. You had a sponsor. Wine. Yeah, you had a yeah. wine sponsor, which is beautiful. And then, yeah, and, and then you were very clever. And as we were there, you, um, you know, came and interviewed us, just walked along next to people and interviewed them. So we'll have to dig out that episode because yeah. – um, yeah, you spoke to me about it and, and like you just was like, what are you doing? Like, what do you do? How do you use social media? Yeah. Just, well, I'll, I'll get the link and we can put the link to that in the, the show notes. Perfect, well. yes. And it's – but it's like it's such an interesting time now. I'm sure you find it interesting too because I went on to um, – you know, we both have marketing backgrounds so I went on – I used to teach people of social media. I still can. Um, but it's funny that it's like it's now in universities and stuff. Or people are like, well, how did you learn? And I'm like, dude, I learned on the go. Like I was on Twitter yeah. in 2009. Like I was an early adopter of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, I learned as I went. Like I got a job. Um, there was a, a business that started up called Travel Candy. Um, essentially, like um, they used to. That's how I met Emma Castle. Um, oh, women <laughs> she, in tourism co-founder with my, myself. Yeah, so she um, was doing the PR. I don't even know how I know. I met Emma through them. So I used to go to these travel massive meetups, which started as five people going for a beer, five or six yeah. people in, in coming started them. Um, it's now like global, massive organization. Um, yeah, travel massive. So I was a part of that. And then, yeah, met this guy who was starting Travel Candy and he was just like, you're good at social media and, you know, blogging and writing through my own experience of doing it my, for myself. 
would you do ours? And so yeah. I was doing the social media and Emma was doing the PR. Oh, okay. That's how oh. – and then it was like, oh, people, like, will pay me to write blogs and write newsletters and write so- – well, it's newsletters I was already doing, but – in, in that social format and that was yeah. that was 2000 so that's where I'm getting that was 2012 and yeah. so and I used to have to explain so much what I did so like so you work on Facebook so yeah. like, so like you just sit on Twitter all day and it's like there's like a strategy to it guys there's like yeah. a, and now people are making bazillions out of teaching people and being social media experts. And it's yeah, a I think job. it was a nice time, um, you know, if, when everyone was sort of learning and working it out for themselves. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's now about, okay, we understand to a certain degree how those platforms can fit into our bigger marketing strategy. And that's really, you know, what people are, should be sort of spending time thinking about is that strategic part of it not just how do these platforms work because they're ever changing they just they're, they're updated and tweaked all the time and this week or well last week um you know is it was a good lesson for everyone when facebook put the big geo block on yes. um so many pages um related to you know, trying to target the whole news um, distributors. Mm. <laughs> but um, so many brands and businesses and tourism destinations were caught in the crossfire and it's like people were panicking. And and my take is if you're panicking, then maybe you have all your eggs in, you know. One basket. One yeah. basket and you possibly need to really go back to your strategy and think about, um, yeah, think about how you can make sure you're building your brand on channels that you own and your community too like how what's the community because if you're just relying upon and gone are those days where like I used to work at the um, University of Technology Sydney like in the for the union and you know it was one of those things where I was like huh we could like make a Facebook event and it was so like it was like ingenuity and so innovative at the time and they thought I was just like a total and at the time I was, like, that was very yeah. forward thinking. Whereas now it's just standard. And, and after like a year or two, it was like that strategy is not, we can't just put up a Facebook event and get people there. We need other things. And I never, I'm a big mm. supporter of social media, but I never relied upon it. It was always about integrated marketing strategy. Like you can't, yeah. it's not build it and they will come. You yeah. need to foster a community. You need to build the brand. You need to have multiple uh, prongs of engagement. But in saying that, there was also this time where people just like social media will do the job. So I'll just go on Twitter, yeah. Facebook, and then and then make these channels and they'd sit there doing nothing. It's like but you have to use them. Yeah. And I love that it also and work them. Yeah, and work them. And then I love that it's also changed that it used to be um, – if we should go on social media or why should we go on social media and you had to really put a business case forward, yeah. now it's non-negotiable. Like yeah. it's part of the strategy and it's lovely to see that recognised. And the yeah. power of it, the pos- there is positive power in it. Yeah, and there's um, the the role of the community manager and or the social media manager as well has, especially with what's happened in the last week, has suddenly gone from this non-crucial role to a crucial role and I think that's also um, important to see as well. And speaking of that in terms of like, you know, talking about those tweet-ups that you did and the instant mm. like you are such an amazing um 
facilitator and community <coughs> moderator. And so you have a group called Women in Tourism Australia. Can you tell us a bit about how you yes. grew that community? Yes. So um, that started in 2015 when I sat in a tourism annual general meeting and the, in, the audience was full of women and I looked on the stage and it was a board meeting essentially and the board was all men except for one woman and I'm just like, why are all these men sitting up on the front on the stage talking to all these women? Why aren't more women, yep. you know, representing us? And so um, I left that that meeting and then I just started doing some research and looked at all the tourism boards and things like that that we have in Australia and just went, oh, my goodness, we know there's so many women working in the industry. Why don't they have some of these roles? And so, um, yeah, I was really annoyed by it and I was playing tennis with Emma Castle <laughs> um, and she's like, well, you know, let's do something. So we thought we'd run an event um, on International Women's Day in 2015. And back in 2015, there weren't that many International Women's Day events. Now there no. is a lot, um, which standard is good. Now. Yeah, it is. It's standard. And so, um, yeah, we ran that event, that in-person event in Sydney. There was 40 of us crammed into a restaurant and we had some great speakers just, you know, generally talking about the issue and then basically after that it was like do you want to keep this conversation going you know are you guys keen to keep this happening and everybody said absolutely and then I also said over email how do we want to keep this conversation going and um, and so we decided on a Facebook group and so yeah so that Facebook group's been going since um since sort of mid 2015 and it's we have about 3,000 in okay. that community yeah. um all people working in the tourism industry majority is women although men are very welcome <laughs> um and it's sort of just now it's a it's a super active group and we don't just talk about um, issues impacting women and women's career in the industry. We talk about all sorts of things yes. like, um, you know, there's this new grant out or um, does anyone know someone that, um, you know, can do this for me or jobs or all sorts of things. So it's a really, really great resource for anyone working in the tourism industry now. And back in 2015 that would have probably, I mean, groups were not as prominent and it's like pages now are struggling like I yeah. don't know for me I've got lovely travels page and you know shout out go and go and like it but yeah. people don't really interact with it but the group you know yeah. we put up a uh, you know show us your photo or have you been to this country or here's the episode or just ask us a little question like what's your favorite country and you're getting like 60 70 we're like and I've got 600 people in there but like you're getting like yeah. 60 replies so the great thing about the group and this is what's really important to me with the women in tourism group is that there's no hierarchy so everybody's posts whether I post or whether someone else posts gets the same level of you know, interaction or hierarchy. So it means that it, it is a community. It's a group for everybody. It's not my group. It is, um, you know, a women in tourism group. And that's the thing I love about groups the most. When, yeah, when you, you have those people that feel like they're just, they're, they feel comfortable to say whatever they need to say um, or ask whatever they need to ask and it gets valued the same way. 
whereas a page is very different. Oh, yeah, it's it's um, it's meant to be two-way communication, but, it, you know, we all know it's basically it's, it's called your news feed. It's your news channel. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's also the credit to you, Holly and Emma, like you, you have facilitated and created and that's if you do, you know, for anybody who would start a group, you have to put the hard yards in at the start and really set the tone of yeah. the group and, and set the guidelines. And not it's not rules and being like, no, you can't post this, you can't post that, but fostering sort of the sense of what this community is for, what it's about, and then you don't have to, I don't know about, I don't know how much deleting you have to do. At the moment, For my, I mean, look, my group is called Lovely Travels, so I think people yeah. are relying upon me to provide the information, but I do encourage people to ask questions. I, for the meantime, I have to approve the question. I just think that's yeah. a safer bet than having to go and delete someone's post and have an awkward conversation. Um, but, you know, but if you do that hard work at the start for maybe the first six months or a year and really show people the type of content that's allowed, you don't have to do much moderation later on. Yeah, yeah, there isn't a lot of moderation that happens um, within the group. Um Also, you know, I think the tourism industry has generally been slow on the uptake with a lot of um, with a lot of social media, and definitely when it comes to groups. So when you look at what other groups are out there for those working in tourism, there's really not a lot. It's mad. It's yeah, like, it's like travel is so ones. popular. Yeah, same with podcasts. I'm, I, you know, Amanda Kendall um, from the yes. Thoughtful Travel Podcast. I mean, she is like in her podcast is amazing but she ranks so highly um she's been doing it for four years though um but there's so few and I just thought there'd be so much competition out there not not competition whatever just so much content out there but even one of my friends she said there's hardly any yeah when I started my podcast which goodness no I think that was 2014 um there was no other tourism polka tourism podcast mine like, is a tourism marketing podcast there was no other it's baffling you know, because it's such a popular topic everyone loves talking about travel well i think travel. it's that distinct distinction between tourism and travel you know we talk about it from the industry perspective of of marketing or or sales or um or um product development or you know lots of different things like that so it is very industry based as as opposed to travel you know which i guess encompasses um a lot more people and and a bit more broadly i guess the tourism is is sort of the the back end or the behind the scenes side of it i guess but this yeah yeah, this still it's really surprising um because it is a big industry um you know a industry that people want to get into and and would love to work in and yet you know it's funny though as well I used to go to those tourism meetups and people who were travelers had got into tourism thinking that because they love to travel you work in tourism but when you start working in it you stop because you're doing the work (laughs) and you're like I don't even have time to like do the thing that I'm here for or like you know we kind of need to keep your finger in the pie but I know it's been a beautiful and like you know we obviously well not obviously we're recording in um, February 2021 it's been a year. We are still mm. at the time of COVID nineteen, the pandemic, and the group has been such a crucial resource. And women in tourism has been such a crucial resource throughout that time. Like, how did you feel last year? And I don't want to use the p word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I mean, it was already an online community, so that that support. Was, yeah. How did you? Well, you know, I've always, I always think that you know, online can never replace offline. So throughout women in tourism, we've always had in-person events. And so we would generally have at least three or more throughout the year um, because I think that it is really important and, and the tourism industry loves the ability to get together and meet in person. And so the whole point of something like a Facebook group or whatever is to keep that communication going in the meantime when you're sort of not um, meeting up in person. So um, it's... It's, it has been really tough. Our last event uh, was March the 6th, 2020, and I remember um, that was in Sydney, yep. our last big event, oh, and I remember people texting me going, are you going to not do the event because of COVID? And I'm like, what? You know, what the heck? What are you talking about? You know, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, so that event went ahead and then, you know, things blew up after that. It's like but two weeks later, yeah, everything hit what, yeah, what we found is that the group became much more important, yeah. really, um, because people were in lockdown or people were stuck within their states. People, you know, weren't travelling and 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 for a lot of people in tourism, they lost their job or their job was on hold or whatever it might be. And that's one thing that, you know, I really want people to know is that just because you might not be currently working in the tourism industry, it doesn't mean you're not still part of the tourism industry. And just even if you don't have a job in it, right now but you have in the past or or you know it's that it's your career path then um you know still participate in those in those groups or you know now we have um events coming up again which is exciting in in march for one in sydney um for international women's day and one in brisbane as well on the 5th of march so yeah they're, they're looking very exciting but you know, like you again, like um, something really awesome that you did, and I loved, and I came along was that mm-hmm. we had a because we couldn't get a hundred people in a room, and also it's actually been um really nice. I've noticed um, I'm a member of Business Chicks as well. Um, although it's been challenging, COVID's also been a great equalizer, and so. Yeah. Yes, like you said, you're having you can't run events everywhere, so you're running one in Sydney and Brisbane. However, you did something really cool where you asked people to host wherever they were, put your hand yeah. up and choose a place. So you're in the Tweed sort of region, I'm on the Gold Coast, there were people in Brisbane, Sydney, and Sydney's massive, so it was all um, broken up into there like 15 events. Yeah, in- there were so many in Sydney, whether it was North Sydney or South Sydney or East Sydney or West Sydney, yeah. Really um, showed plus up <laughs> we had events in Canberra, Darwin, um, yeah, several, in you know, Toowoomba, Sunshine Coast. Um, yeah, so... Uh, as you were um, talking about, we put together Women in Tourism small group meetups. So basically it was about one sort of host um, bringing together about, you know, five or ten people. But we all met on the same day at the same, roughly the yes. same time. Um, yes. A few time zone differences, but roughly the same time. So throughout Australia um, there was sort of around 20 different 
groups meeting with about, you know, 10 different people. So really about 200 people meet, women in tourism meeting at the same time on the same day. And um, I've had such great feedback from put it, pulling together those small group meetups because it was uh, for a lot of people the first time that they um, connected with people in person and people had a lot of stories to share. And I think things that maybe only other people working in the industry would understand. So there was a lot of emotion and and um, people really liked the intimacy of those small group meetups. Well, that's and that's been like that's something that I've really fed back to um, business chicks as well and I, I, I loved the one that we had because, yeah, you go to a big event and, there's, there's, you know, I went to a big event yesterday and it was amazing, the energy, the vibe, to be in a group, a room full of women. And you saw a brilliant speaker. Oh, I, I mean, Julia Gillard, hello. Yeah. It was, um, like, awesome. But you – sometimes it's really difficult to connect and really like when I talk to my client, I talk about, um, you know, working personal branding. I talk to people about networking. Do not go into a room of a hundred people and think you're going to meet 20, 50, a hundred people. If you go in with the goal of meeting two or three people to like, I aim uh, five at a max, but I aim for two or three genuine conversations. If I walk away from that event, having met two or three new people, that's, a massive win for me and so when you had an event with five or six people we genuinely got to have real conversations real discussions and even from the one that we went to there was a lovely lady amy who ran the tweed coast um food yes. festival and then out of that some of us went to the events you yeah know? and had she posted in she had fully could have posted in the women in tourism australia group but it would have been a blip in the ocean, whereas yeah. that next to her and, you know, seeing somebody who's actually created this event and hearing her talk about it, well, we all went, we went to events. Yeah. And yeah. I would now go every year or every six months she runs it. Like it's, it was brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. And, and that's something that I would love to, um, I hope, that we now have, I, that we don't go and swing back to we're only going to do 100-person, 200-person events. Um, yeah. You uh, and like I would hate to see because you know like you said keep the conversation. So I think there's a place for Facebook groups. There's a place for online virtual meetups with 20 people on a call. Yeah. There's a place for a you know timed event where 200 people. Like it was such a nice vibe that you were like, I'm here with five or six women, but there's 200 women out there across Australia. Yeah, also hanging out. Yeah, you know, and then and then the big events like like just it's given there's a spectrum and there's a demand, especially with regional. Yeah, Australia is so spread out. Yeah, it's not like the UK where you, you know even then they're they're very segregated. But like it's not like you can just jump on a train in two hours be on the other side of the country. Like <laughs> yeah, six hours on a plane and you're still pushing it to get to the other side of the country. So exactly. to be connected to people like Amanda. Julie Jones. Yeah. I'm like going through the, the roster of the people in your group. <laughs> yeah. For my guests on this show. Like it's it's fantastic. Like I'm such a credit to you, Holly. Yeah, no, it's a, it is, it's a great industry to be part of. And I think, um, and look, lots of people have said that they, they're excited to come to, to big events next month. Um, but they also, um, are really keen to, you know, keep, connected or you know, or look at some smaller in-person ones so yeah and I think I think that's good and then it's looking at other things like the other niches that um and events and things that are out there so 
um, one thing, I work in tourism but I also work in food and then in, in 2018 I realised that there was no conference or sort of event that was um, for people working in food tourism, which to me just seemed crazy because it was it's such a key part of our offering here in Australia. Um, so I developed Destination Food and we had that conference in 2018, which was awesome. Um, and, again, that that connecting with people with that same um, just passion and drive for food tourism and that side of it was so exciting. And although we hope to do it in 2020, of course that didn't happen. And but we are having Destination Food 2021 in Bundaberg in August. Ooh. Yeah, this year. So that's very exciting. Just we'll working to show notes too. Yeah, working on that at the moment. In. <laughs> yeah, a bit of Bundaberg. It's nice. So it's that. Yeah, it's those connecting over those passions as well. When you find like yeah, that are those smaller groups within the industry, I think is is good too. And you were wonderful to me. I actually only. I mean got to I was <laughs> I'm one of the travel people or tra- tourism industry people who does travel a lot and yes. so I was often not in Sydney and so I like I think I got to come to like two in-person events so again I'm very grateful for the virtual because I'm able to stay in touch but when I moved to the Gold Coast you were lovely and you reached out to me and said hey there's actually a women in tourism different um, body but women in tourism Gold Coast and um, I'm so grateful because I went there in the first six months of living here and I'm now, like, they're some of my closest friends here. Yeah, and they do great stuff too. Well, yeah, they've and they had their 30th anniversary, like, so I think it's been 32 years. So it's a really strong, mm. like, legacy sort of um, organisation and the opportunity we have is that they – host at all these different venues and so Gold Coast is um, Australia's number one tourist destination and so to get to go and be have breakfast in movie world when nobody else is there um, to you know golf courses Corumban wildlife sanctuary we had a koala come to breakfast with us paradise country dream world um, you know mm. breakfast over the the Q1 the tallest um, you know one of the tallest buildings in Australia having breakfast as sunrise comes up, you know, being in a room again, being with um, a group of wonderful women. And the thing that, like you said something before, tourism, people think, I guess they think of airlines, travel companies, hotels, that's kind of maybe restaurants they'd put in there, but they don't think of there are so many providers that contribute to the industry. And one really powerful point that – Uh, it was a Destination Gold Coast guy said at one of the um, events was that like they had the Indy coming, the IndyCar event, and they said we are all, um, Gold Coast is on show. We are all part of that. The same with the Commonwealth Games. The Gold Coast is on show. So every single, you know, you don't want someone to come to the hotel have an amazing experience in the hotel and then go to a, sh- a crappy restaurant or yeah. like they have an amazing time at the supercars and had it's such a great event, well run, and then they have a really horrible time in the hotel. They're like, we all have a responsibility in this industry to be from the time that they arrive at the airport or drive in to the time that they leave that we are showing them the best of the Gold Coast. And so, you know, I work in um, marketing and, and PR and, and branding, so that's where my my sort of connection to the industry was but um there's there's a lot of other people who you wouldn't think are tourist business tourism businesses that are yeah and then there's the whole um inbound you know the whole in 
inbound industry, which is a, a big sector, a really big and important sector of our industry that are really, you know, suffering the most at the moment. Um, and, you know, that's a whole other side about those people that are, are drawing people to Australia, that are that are setting up all the, the way, the, the system that it works there and people don't realise um, how many people are involved in making that happen. So, yeah, there is lots and lots of different sides to the industry plus then the academic side and and the universities um this and, and tapes there's such a key role um and so it is also one thing i really like about women in tourism because prior to that i would always only pretty much hang out with sales and marketing people but at women in tourism events you get people who um, work in HR or as I said people from the universities you get um, all different sort of um, segments of the industry events um, yeah of course hotels which is um, super important and you know RTOs and all sorts of things so yeah yeah it was cool to have that mix. Like you said, I mean TAFE, like yeah, TAFE Queensland were a member. Uh, they're a member of Women in Tourism, and so then I was at one. I was emceeing an event. Um, they asked me to come and speak, and now I've gone and I've now presented to students at, at oh, yeah, TAFE. Oh awesome! Which Actually, is so beautiful. Like that reminds me of um, one thing that we did um, launch this, last year was the Speak Women in Tourism Speaker Directory, yes. which you are on. Yes. Yes. So basically it was just like there's all these, again, a massive issue in the industry is you go to a conference and it's on the stage is a big male lineup. Um, so one of, yeah, the things that I had in the back of my mind for years was um, putting together a Women in Tourism Speaker Directory and it was amazing um, the, when I did the call out of, you know, who wants to be involved, the caliber of um, skills and um, oh, it was just fantastic to just to understand a little bit more about who is actually in this community. Like yeah. I just had no idea until people reached out to be to be part of that. Um, just yeah, how many amazing, talented people. Um, are involved so yeah if you're looking for um, tourism speakers definitely check out the speaker directory yeah oh and look a beautiful opportunity for us but like you say you just see the spectrum of experience and yeah. uh, just people that you can be connected to and like the wealth of information that we have available in this yeah. community and it's just it's so nice to just be able to go hey I'm I'm Emma I'm a member of women in tourism as well and it's just a lovely start to the conversation um, yeah to then go and see how we can support and work together. And it is um, a very collaborative and community and more even more so now that we, you know, the industry has changed. Yeah, um, I agree. So, yeah. well, I will ask you some, um, I've got a, we have an extra guest on the podcast today. My my six-week-old son is trying to chime in. He's <laughs> apparently strapped to my chest. So uh, <laughs> we're going to look forward to future adventures, but um, I think he's trying to, trying to join in a little bit here. But, Quick fire questions. Okay. I know it's hard for a traveller, um, but favourite country? Oh, gosh, that's challenging. Um, Italy. Well done. Uh, now, I always preface this with it's not because it's a bad place or whatever, but you might have had your least favourite experience. What was your least favourite country that you visited or somewhere that you wouldn't rush back? Um goodness me 
oh, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I haven't had. There's probably some places in Australia I wouldn't rush back to. Some places in regional South Australia I probably wouldn't rush back to. But Ooh, um, I'm going yeah. there in um, May, so I might have to off air get some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> avoid, avoid. And sometimes it's because of the, you know, and again, that's up to the, sometimes the tourism industry. Like sometimes it's it's the places you visited or the, the lack of support or structure or whatever, like there's other yeah. reasons or you're having a bad day. There's reasons yeah. not, love tra- not love travel. But um, and where would you love to go next if you could go anywhere when we can go somewhere? Oh, um, I'd love to go to uh, uh, some of the islands around like sort of Seychelles and Mauritius and, you know, some some places around those sort of vanilla islands area i'd love to go and explore some some of those areas and i guess your son's quite young and um so maybe haven't quite had the opportunity yet but how has as travel changed you know with having a family now and it's not just you because i know you used to do a lot of yeah backpacking and a bit of like just jumping on a plane you would have done for meals in the past i'm sure yeah I'm definitely not one of those people that's had a child and, and gone, ah, oh, travel, it's just the same. In fact, I'm quite the opposite. Anytime we do a trip, I go, why the hell did I do that? <laughs> so I'm not one of those really um, uh, good travellers with children. Oh, well, I have one two-year-old. So I haven't mastered that um, yet, but I definitely know that he has a, a huge curiosity and independence. So I can't wait to, you know, to travel with him when he's a bit older, you know, to Japan, especially mm. and, um, and, and Spain and, and yeah, Europe and I don't know, everywhere, everywhere really. But yeah, I'm, I, my husband and I, we really haven't mastered this whole traveling with children thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you haven't had much practice. We've we've all well, been pretty, pretty um, dormant for the last year. But um, and you have a family connection to a tourism um, business. Oh yes, I only true. learned about you know when we were at a destination, you know, a food uh, event. Yes. So tell me a little bit about your family's tourism. Yes. So I grew up in Bilpin, which is sort of in the Blue Mountains, Hawkesbury area, and I grew up on an apple orchard. Um, and my parents uh, are still there at the same property and they have, it's called Pinecrest Orchard. And, uh, oh gosh, probably 20 years ago, we, um, I worked with dad and we converted the business from, um, a purely a farm to an agritourism business. So now 100% of the fruit, mostly apples, but also pears and plums and other fruit, uh, is uh, picked by tourists. So, yeah. So smart. So yeah. smart. And you said that word, I hadn't heard that before. I, I understood the concept, but because um, I had done it in Perth, in uh, the agritourism, so where you go and um, you go to a vineyard and they might also have a fruit orchard. And so yeah. you're going and you're seeing the vineyard, you're trying the wine, you're also picking some fruit, you're buying the fruit, you know. Um, yeah. It's very immersive. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's lots of different um, types of agritourism experiences now and we're going to be seeing more and more of them because there's a real appetite 
um, to for people to understand, and especially since since COVID, they want to understand where their food's coming from, um, how their food's grown. Um, there is definitely um, much, much more interested interest in this than ever before, and um, yeah, so it's there's lots of new experiences in all regions all over the world, but some great regions in Australia that are doing agritourism and food tourism really well. Well, amazing. Well, we are going to have, I'm going to have to get a wealth of links off you. I'd yes. just love to. And I am I'm really keen. My, my mum lives in Orange oh, as yes. well. So like if I we were driving that way, Sydney to Orange, um, it would be perfect to stop in at Pinecrest. Pinecrest, yes. And you would literally go straight past it if you go up the Bells Line of Road on, from Sydney to Orange. So yeah, it'd be an easy stop there for oh. sure in, in during fruit season of course oh, I love it and so now now we have to do an episode at some point on agritourism there's a new like you've just yes. given me like a wealth of topics to to cover well we can get my dad on there as well yay <laughs> we love having parents on on the podcast <laughs> Um, so speaking of food, somebody over here wants their food. So yes. we must, good segue, we'll head off. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Holly, and a huge personal thank you for your uh, encouragement of the tourism industry and, and supporting um, us who work in it. Uh, you, you're, a, yes, amazing facilitator for this community. Thank you so much. Oh, enjoy. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, Already looking forward to the next one. Uh, We also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, But in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels, that's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions whatever info at lovelytravels.com and you can listen review subscribe like share and promote our podcast in any shape way or form Uh, we are on spotify itunes the internet uh, google podcasts everywhere where you get podcasts you will find us all good podcasting locations So tune in next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.